Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the program Today's Issues here on American Family Radio. I'm Tim Wildman. With Ed Vitagliano, we thank you for listening to AFR, American Family Radio. Steve Jordahl now joins us. Good morning. morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. Newsman Steve, anchor Steve. Uh, thanks for joining us. Steve, uh, uh, Fred uh, reported it last hour, and we'd ask you to repeat yeah. the, the, the breaking news story. Yeah, a man uh, arrested near Brett Kavanaugh's a home man, in Maryland. Right? It man. was a man. He was from California. He was carrying at least one weapon, and I'm reading at uh, some places he was carrying a knife as well. They are not releasing his name, uh, and they arrested him before he got to the home or close to the home. So, uh, of Justice, of Brett, Justice Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh. So, so a Supreme Court Justice, uh, <clears throat> uh, Brett Kavanaugh, uh, this guy was trying to kill him. Yes. And according to the article I'm reading, the two people that were familiar with the investigation told this news outlet that the evidence indicates the man was angry about the leaked draft of the uh, opinion. I wanted to, if I could, uh, I wanted to take you on the Wayback Machine just for a second and see if this is relevant. Listen to cut 12. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Wow. Chuck Schumer. Speaker of the House. No. All right, Mr. Your, your um, Senate, Senate Majority, Majority Leader. Leader. You won't know what hit you? That was a threat. That was. That was on the steps of the Capitol. By these, this was, that was about a year or two ago. It was. I think that was, it was another decision that they released that the left didn't like. No, but can you imagine yeah. a Republican doing something like that? I remember when that happened. He wasn't even censured. No, he no. He, he, got, he paid no price for the threat against. Uh, right. And you notice how he calls somebody. It's like, uh, you know, uh, he, he doesn't even give them the respect of their title. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't talk about right. justices. He calls them cat like he's a Gorsuch, uh, Gorsuch. Like, Kavanaugh. Like, like it's on the school playground. You know, come here, Vitagliano. Right. I'll punch you in the face or whatever. Like that's what he was saying right there. That was the. That was a Democrat, the uh, the the uh, you know Supreme the uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. That's who you just heard. I, I think he did offer an apology. I, I think he did. And now that was after I think though Chief Justice John Roberts called him out. Called him out for it, and he he he. I think he did. Schumer did say uh, I, that was you know I was but he was being passionate. But he still <laughs> said it. And he he said he used the expression play, play it again because listen to what he what he's talking about the implication is physical violence that's the implication you'll never know what hits you go ahead I want to tell you Gorsuch I want to tell you Kavanaugh you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price you won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Okay, let me tell you why I think that incites violence. There's nothing you can do to a Supreme Court justice politically. They are appointed for life. There's nothing where you can right, say you can't you, vote them out. No, so so when you you might say, well, he's talking politically, Tim. He's talking about vote them out when he says you won't know what hits you. 
Okay. Well, uh, let, this is they did have uh, Schumer did have a spokesman come out. This, by the way, this is in March 2020. So this is before the election. Okay. Okay. The 2020 election. So Chuck Schumer's spokesman came out to clarify what he said. And he said it was a warning. The spokesman said that the justices, quote, will unleash major grassroots movements on the issue of reproductive rights against the decision, uh, close quote, which to your point is utter nonsense because his statement was, you won't know what hit you. Why would the Supreme Court justices be affected by major grassroots movements? The, the two don't line up. So the spokesman was simply walking back statements that Schumer threats that Schumer should not have made, and they were trying to trying to play nice afterwards. So what what Schumer was doing there was saying, "You better watch your back. We're coming after you. Are you okay? You better watch your back. You better watch who you, you, you know." The uh, and so. I don't know how else you interpret that other than he he's 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 talking about physical yep. and and he's doing it what? to intimidate Supreme Court justices yes so that they don't yes. rule the wrong way yes this was uh, he said that on the this occasion of the ar- on the occasion of the arguments of the Dobbs case uh, after the arguments of the Dobbs case it didn't go well for the yeah. pro-abortion people and that was. Yeah. Uh, so, Schumer. so he he paid no price for that. Schumer didn't. He didn't get in trouble. He didn't get censured. Nothing. Right. Uh, he he and that that non that uh, non apology apology by his spokesperson. He didn't even have the guts to do it himself. It doesn't right. appear to me. Well, this is that's today's political left, and you use that as the backdrop about what happened this morning because right. they arrest uh, police arrested a man near Brett Kavanaugh's home, the Supreme Court justice who Schumer just you heard him call out. He said, you better watch your back. No, he said, uh, you won't know what hit you. Well, the guy was trying to put a hit on Brett Kavanaugh and potentially his family at his home, but the police arrested him today. That's a serious story. We're not making this up. It's all over the news now in Washington, D.C. Uh, you're listening. And you remember Maxine Waters, the uh, oh, that's right. congresswoman from uh, uh, California. California. Remember her? She she said you need to get up in the face of confront them and racist. They're Trump, not welcome here. Yeah, Trump yeah. of Trump uh, push back of people who work for the Trump administration. Right. She said you need to confront them. Remember that? And uh, you know that was followed uh, followed by several months of Republicans being confronted mm-hmm. in public. You remember at restaurants sitting sitting at restaurants and people would come up and surround their table. That was all following that that uh, initial outpouring of the quote unquote resistance after Trump was uh, elected in yeah. 2016. All right, next story, Steve. Uh, have you noticed uh, when you uh, going to maybe your favorite restaurant or you're going to a business and it takes a little longer to be served or they're closing early because they just can't find enough people to work? Mm-hmm. There's a labor shortage, <clears throat> but there's not a shortage of jobs. I'm looking at the results of a report from Alignable. It's a group called Alignable that looked at some of this. And they found that there are a record high, about 11.5 million job openings in the U.S. That's two jobs for every unemployed person, but they can't find people to take those jobs. And according to this report, or actually according to Rachel Gressler from the Heritage Foundation, Um, The administration's policies are contributing to these struggles, and they're making it worse. She says the combination of welfare without work benefits that are restricting the labor supply, 
uh, many trillions of dollars of deficit and finance spending, which has been money printed, just printed by the Federal Reserve and has increased inflation. Wages in recent months have gained. Over the past year, the median workers' earnings have, if you have a job, increased by $3,300. That's a good, good little bit of raise. But inflation has served as a $4,800 tax, leaving them $1,500 poorer. But they're not taking these these jobs, and a lot of it also is the Gen uh, Why X. Why not? Gen, well, <clears throat> some of them don't like the working conditions. Some people don't. Uh, they're getting, according to the Heritage Foundation here, they're getting money at home. They're getting money. The government's doling out. Uh, they were doling the out. The government or their families? The government, uh, the policies of the government started this. When they found out that they could stay home and get, uh, uh, what, do they, what do they call those checks? Because uh, of COVID, you mean? Yeah. The COVID relief, uh, They all still that? haven't come back from the COVID thing. What do they call those, uh, in, uh, the paychecks that the, the, we got, the money that they PPE? got? PPE? No, was it was long- the incentive. I didn't remember what they called yeah. those. What's that? Stimulus. Stimulus, Stimulus. checks. But that, that's run out. Uh, but they, the, the government but they're still, still not coming has, back to work. Yeah. There's, uh, in fact, there's millions, literally millions of job openings. Still. 11 and a half. Yeah. I, I, I read this morning 11.4. And, and uh, now, Tim, you said something interesting when, when we were talking about this in our story meeting. I, I, I do wonder uh, if families aren't helping to support some of these younger folks who have yet not gone back to work. Somebody, and you're talking about working conditions. Some of them are just saying, I want to be able to work from home. Uh, yeah, I, my, my theory, and it's just a theory, I can't prove it, <clears throat> but is this, uh, all these millions and millions of people who are maybe 35 and under, and I hate to, I'm not, uh, I got all my kids are 35 and under, so I'm not castigating that whole generation by any means, but uh, <clears throat> they, uh, uh, it's it's a different work ethic than baby boomer work ethic and, and even below. And again, I'm speaking broadly and generally. Um, so there, there and also there's the greatest transfer of wealth taking place in the history of the world between the baby boomers and their children. <clears throat> and I'm just wondering if a lot of people in the millennial and Gen X, is that what you call it? Gen Z. Gen Z is next. Gen Z. Yeah. That generation, if they aren't getting money from their parents and their grandparents to, and, and get, because of, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, the incentive for going to work after you get out of college or trade school or high school is to eat. <laughs> right. Okay. You, you, you want to eat food. You're hungry. Right. Yeah. Have a I, mean, place I, got, to live. I got Maslow's hierarchy of needs right there. <laughs> start, right. Remember right that? Remember that? Good call. Yeah. Uh, so you want to eat. So you get a job. Your, your, your parents say, well, we're, you know, you're, you're out of the home now. We've done our part. Now you go get a job. Right. Make a living. Support for your, yourself. Support yourself. Or stand on your own two feet. Some people then get married, and you have, then you got to support a family. Right. Well, then you have the responsibility of making a house payment. And uh, you get kids. A car note. Uh, you got to buy the kids clothes, and uh, 
they want to eat every right. day. So right. so the incentive is there to get a job and do as good as you can, even move up the corporate ladder or the business ladder or start your own business, whatever. Right. So that's the incentive that has fueled the American economy for – that's the free enterprise system, right? right? Uh, something's going on right now. When you got millions of jobs and – that are available and they're and they're paying more than they ever have in the past because i i was down in we were down on the beach last week and there was a a a burger place uh that people would recognize a lot of people would recognize and on the marquee it said 16 dollars an hour to it was it a fast food place or just a restaurant to flip hamburgers yeah it was a a fast food place okay wow and i'm just saying I'm just saying, I'm not diminishing flipping hamburgers. Somebody's got to do it, right? Right, right. And I'm glad they do because I eat them. Yeah. But I'm just saying that that's that's overpaying really uh, from three or four years ago on what is a a minimal wage uh, right. uh, job or maybe $10 an hour, 16 bucks an hour. Which is also contributing to inflation. We're talking about all these We're, factors on inflation. Yes. So, so when the hamburger flipper now is getting 15, 16 bucks an hour. Is your ham- price of your hamburger going to go up? Yes. Right. Yes. So uh, so my theory, again, is that the work ethic has, is not as strong, not as good, uh, because these 35 and under, a lot of them, uh, if it's, they don't want to go into the office. They don't want to. Okay, they, so so what happens if they don't want to they don't want to work forty hours, whatever the case. So may be. what happens if uh, this is yes, almost a rhetorical question? Yes. But what happens if that work ethic never improves, and they say we're going to vote for people in Congress mm-hmm. who are going to increase the size and scope of the welfare programs, so I don't have to go to work? Well. So then that's how countries go broke. Guaranteed yes, because, yes, because you've got to have people yep. paying taxes to pay, to pay for the freeloaders. Right. Pretty soon you ran out of other people's money. Yeah, you, it, sure, you, you crush the middle class. You crush the middle class, which, again, is part of the Great Reset, according right. to Sandy uh, Rios and others. You crush the middle class. I know some people listening are going, well, nobody would want to do that intentionally, uh, uh, Democrats or, any, or otherwise. Well... I, I just suggest you look at all the things that are happening right now and say they're all coincidental. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That are all leading to the diminishing of the American economy. And if you crush the middle class, then you got Venezuela, right? Can I tell you why yes. radicals on the left want to crush the middle class? Please. It's because, and this is a Marxist idea, the Marxists believe that the middle class was essentially conservative, Okay. They want safe neighborhoods. They want police. They don't want to take things too far because you upset the apple cart. You destroy the economy. I lose my job, my 401k. So what you want to do is you want to drain the middle class and push further and push more and more of the middle class into the lower class because the lower class can be radicalized if things get too bad. And what do radicalized people do? They overthrow the government. That's why crushing the middle class has always been a strategy of Marxists. Good point. And that's historical, right. historically accurate. Steve, go ahead. All right. Uh, you remember uh, we had the talk yesterday about the five pitchers from the Tampa Bay Rays that decided that they were not going to wear this uh, gay pride patch on their uniforms. 
They uh, explained why they were doing it, and uh, the team said it actually is, you have our permission, and it uh, kind of fostered productive discussions among the team, it said. It, it wasn't a dividing thing at all, but uh, that's not the way it is out in the real world. Uh, I want you to hear a little bit from, uh, this is from ESPN. We're going to listen to, her name is Sarah Spain. Listen carefully, listen carefully to how she says what she says, and, they, and Ed made some good, and you did yeah. too, Steve, made some good points. But again, five of these Tampa Bay Rays professional baseball players, only uh, five, it may have been more, but five of them said, you know what, we're getting paid, to, we're going to put on the uniform of the baseball team, but we're not putting the gay pride parade right. uh, patch on our uniforms because we're Christians. And we don't believe uh, that's something we should promote. And, and let me just say, before you hear this, folks, this is coming your way, this argument. With this, with Sarah Spain, is that her name? What she is about to say is coming your way. And this you're, is ESPN yesterday. This is ESPN you're going to hear this kind of talk uh, around the dinner table or at your place of work. Um, you may already be hearing it. Cut seven. Pride is about inclusion, so you don't love them and you don't welcome them if you're not willing to wear the patch. And calling it a lifestyle reveals to me that you've done not even a modicum of research or understanding on this topic. It's what tends to happen when a privileged class isn't affected by things. This is not just about baseball. That religious exemption BS, which is used in sport and otherwise, also allows for people to be denied health care, jobs, apartments, children, prescriptions, all sorts of rights. And so we have to stop tiptoeing around it because we're trying to protect people who are trying to be bigoted from asking for them to be exempt from it when the very people that they are bigoted against are suffering the consequences. When you say trying to be bigoted. They're trying to use religious exemptions to affect the opportunities, services, uh, available resources for people who are LGBTQ+. And a patch on the jersey in, in this way in the case of sport, no. In the case of sport, though, they're double-talking if they're saying you're welcome while also saying that we don't encourage or, or we disagree with it, especially when there are devout people of every single religion that also welcome and are open to people who are born gay. David Dennis Jr. Well, that was just a, a uh, however long that was, 60 minute seconds, uh, yeah. minute 10 of lies. Okay, let me just let me just say, first of all, um, setting aside her obvious anti Christian bigotry, all right? Homosexuals are at the top of the food chain in this country. I don't know who she's talking about, uh, homosexuals being denied anything. All they have to do is go to a corporation, and they are welcomed into HR, any position they want. They are applauded. Uh, you know, the entertainment industry, music industry, every everybody is applauding. They if have a whole month. You have a whole month. You're gay. That's yeah. wonderful. You're so brave. Okay. I don't know who she says is being denied opportunities. It just doesn't They're exist. Not. The only ones who are being denied opportunities, and this is getting to the, the core of her argument, are Christians who lose their businesses if they don't play ball on gay marriage, for example, uh, talking about florists and bakers and all that, are fighting for their lives. And increasingly, I think you're going to see people, even in sports, who will be punished for not wearing the patch. So this, her statement's filled with lies. It's impossible to even go through everything she's talking about. But that's the big one. That what was she? What does she mean by saying 
people who say they disagree with that lifestyle have not, not done a modicum of research. She's, what is she talking about? She's talking about calling it a lifestyle implies that it's a choice. This goes back to, your. in fact, she says people who are born gay at the end of her comment. So she's saying if you call it a lifestyle, because that's what the ballplayers did, said, listen, it's uh, we have our faith. You know, we're not. You know, gonna- we don't agree with two men having sex. Yeah, okay? well, so they didn't it's say against, that. They it's said against- lifestyle. And that's what she's talking about. But that's what they meant. But they they said lifestyle. But that's yeah because the Bible says that two men shouldn't be involved in sexual activity. Right. To sin. Right. And she's saying they don't have the right to believe. They don't have the right to act on that belief. That's yes. what she's saying. Right. That's exactly what she she didn't. She didn't even though they're not discriminating against anybody, they don't even have that power. Maybe right. maybe if you had that power, we would have that conversation. These guys just showing up to play baseball. For a company, the company pays them to pitch, hit, field, and and they're told, well, here's your uniform. Okay, by the way, in um, June, we're going to have you stamp on uh, LGBTQ pride, and these Christian players said, no, uh, we disagree. We don't want to have to do that. They didn't try to stop any of their other colleagues or players right. from wearing the patch. They didn't, they didn't condemn uh, gay sexual activity like i just talked about a while ago or see anything that i saw about saying the bible well maybe they did say the bible forbids it therefore i can't uh celebrate it uh so this was forced on them and she's saying it should be forced on them and if they reject it they're bigots and they need to they basically need to be shunned by society and lose their livelihood this that's what i got from this movement is not live and let live that's what they started off saying we just want the right to live our lives okay that's what they started off saying we just want the right to live our lives and love who we want to love right now guess what it's christian you can't live your life you've got to agree with us that gay is awesome yeah you must bow the knee that's right you, it's no longer uh, leave us alone. Let us live like we want to. Is you must bow the knee and applaud our right. Applaud our movement. And if you dare not even wear a patch, we want to see you excoriated. And that's what right. I, is Sarah. Right. Is Sarah Spain? Do we know anything about her? Is she a lesbian? I don't know. I would. I, I. I would be curious to to know. All if right, we that's got one minute, Steve. All right, uh, this is the last part of a national anthem at a major league baseball game. I want you to uh, name the instrument. Cut ten. That was the theme from from uh, Star Trek. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> it sounded like that's it though. Very because <clears throat> it was a very high pitched <clears throat> on Star Trek. Yeah, well, listen to it again. Tell me this isn't Star Trek. To, <laughs> huh? to boldly go where no man <laughs> what? has gone before. What is, what, what is that? Steve? That is a lady playing the saw. At a at an Oakland A's game, I was going to say that. I was going to say that because yeah, sure. No, I, seriously, <laughs> in the eighties, we were in a church in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah, there was a lady who could play who played the saw and would play it for uh, like like a special. Yeah, people would do a special. <laughs> yeah, like, play the saw. The like saw. S A W. Yeah, yeah, like a big handsaw that you cut tree limbs down with. You can play that as an instrument. <laughs> you know what? Just when you think you can't learn anything else. That's the first time I've ever heard that in my life, and I'm 59. 
can play a well, song. Well, when you get to be 62 and 63 like you know, that I night, you'll... <laughs> I, I, I knew there was something else waiting for me out there in the in the music world. <laughs> Cello didn't work out for me back in junior high. I'm going saw. Yeah. I'm going, huh? Would you would you guys pitch in and help uh, me buy you one? Betcha. Hey, listen, I've got one. I'll give well, you. Can you what, can you teach me how to? Can you give me oh, lessons? I don't know how to play it. Uh, this well, this I, lady I, has a picture of her. She doing would give it, me. So. Would she give me lessons? Maybe. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow, everybody.